You know, I was so excited when I was asked to share today, especially when I heard the topic was dreams. So I was like Carly, and I instantly recalled growing up. Now, I'm not sure for you, but for me, it was, I wanted to be Wonder Woman. Okay? Now, she was awesome. She was beautiful. She was smart. She was dedicated. She was sensitive. And she was powerful. Kind of sounds like I just described us. Us women. Right? (laughs) Now, I'm not Wonder Woman, but I'll tell you what I am. I am a mother. And to me, that's as close as it's going to (laughs) get. And this morning, I get to share, it's a little different, but I get to share on dreams from a mother's perspective. You know, growing up, my mom, bless her heart, she had me involved with ballet. Can you see me as a ballerina? Um, Tap, uh, hula, there was jazz, there was a whole bunch of things, okay? And it was about fifth grade when I really found my niche, and it was basketball, I loved basketball. Now, I'm sure my dad, because I was the only girl, was like, really? You know, you're going to be in sports? What about hula? You know, what about being real graceful? And I was like, well, just wasn't me. But I did it anyway on the side, but I hated it every single way, every step of the way. But here I was, I found my niche. I loved basketball. I still remember my sixth grade team, and I don't see her here, but I have a teammate here. Uh, it, we were called the Styling Supersonics. So you know that it was in the 80s, right? It was bright turquoise, hot pink our outfits, and I loved on that paint on that team. And I loved basketball. So I played basketball all through middle school, all through high school, and I was blessed to be offered a basketball scholarship to go to college. Now, like Christy, I kind of felt like, you know, I'm turning 18. See ya. You know, I'm getting off of this rock. I'm going, and I'm headed to the mainland, and there I was, the independent, know-it-all 18-year-old, you know? And I played basketball, and I loved it. Well, while in college, I had suffered a major injury to my knee, and I had to return home. And while home, I, I tried going back to school, but I ended up having my son and then getting married. So here I was, 21 years old, married, with children, thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me. What in the world happened to my plan? I had dreams of being all kinds of things. Trust me, I had all kinds of plans. And here I was, back in Hilo, married, with kids, at such a young age, and I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. And what, I ha- what happened was, here I have my second chance, right? My children. So my son <laughs> didn't really have a choice. He was going to be what I wanted him to be. He was going to be a baseball player. It was in his bloodline to be a baseball player. He is a Korea, okay? My husband was a baseball player. His father was a baseball player. His father was a baseball player. And it doesn't help that my, uh, his grandfather is on the Hall of Fame of baseball. So it was in his blood that this was what he was going to do. 
And so about four years old, I would tell him, you know, this is, you're going to you're going to be the best baseball player ever. And you're going to do this and you're going to go to college and you're going to be the best baseball player ever. And you're going to succeed because see, to me, I had put my dreams on the side, almost like I was trying to relive them through my children, through my son. So this morning, I get to share with all of you and as for myself, as we discover some simple, basic things that we're going to go through together as a journey to become mothers who can dream for their children without them living out ours. Amen. Now, it was about a year ago during spring break that it was such a beautiful day. And my husband and I woke up and said, you know what, let's go take the kids to the beach. So we did. We headed out to Hapuna. So we're unpacking the truck. And what do I see? I see my son skateboard. And I asked him, I said, what is this skateboard doing here? And he goes, oh, I'm going to ride it down the hill. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the hill down at Hapuna, it is fairly steep. So I said, uh, no, you're not. And he goes, come on, mom, please. I was like, no, you don't have head protection. You don't have any protection for your body. And trust me, there is no way you're going to stop at the end of this hill. So like any typical teenage boy, he tells me, I got this. Mom, I got this. So, of course, like my wise husband says, let them go. They go learn. <laughs> right? I don't know about you, but mama says, uh, no, because I can see what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So let me just say that he still has the scar to prove it. <laughs> he ate it pretty bad. You know, but it's just like us mothers. All we want to do is protect our children. We want to prevent injury and hurt. We want to make sure that they don't do the things that we've done. We want to re, you know, redirect them. And if you're taking notes this morning, you can write down our first step. And it is direct them to God. Direct them to God. In Deuteronomy 6... Verse 7, it says, Write these commandments I have given to you today. Write them on your heart. Get them inside of you, then into your children. This is what it's saying to me. If I want to direct my children to God, I best have it in me first. I cannot expect my kids to do whatever I tell them to do. I mean, when they were young, sure, but they're growing up. You know, they're getting older and they're going to have to start making wise decisions for themselves. Which only tell me, I need to be making wise decisions. Uh, It was, my daughter was about six years old. And for those of you that know my daughter, you can probably envision this actually happening. We were driving around and back then, I used to have a slight issue with road rage. Just (laughs) small kind. Way back in the day, way back in the day. And you know, I'm driving and I'm like, oh, what in the world? You've got to be kidding me. Now, I am talking. And I'm like, you are so lucky. I know Jesus. You are lucky. I am saved. And I've been saying these things. And one day we're driving and a group of kids ran a stop sign. And they happened to be going in the same direction as we were. So we pulled up right next to them. The next thing I know 
is my daughter had the window rolled down and half her body was outside and she was telling these kids, you so lucky my mom knows Jesus. <laughs> Which was true. But here I was, I literally had to bring her back in a car and I'm like, Ilana Ruth Kavai Ala Korea. This is not how you talk. This is unacceptable. And she looked at me with her big, big blue eyes, big brown eyes, and she said, But mommy, that's what you do. (laughs) She was right. That is what I do. And that's when I realized, Oh my goodness, I better be changing my ways. Because if I want her to be a certain way, I better be a certain way. You know? And God is saying, Get them in you first. Then get them in your children. In uh, Matthew 7, verses 7 through 9, it says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Our second step is pray for your children. Now, let me just give you a slight, you know, background on me. I wasn't the best teenager. I really put my parents through some crazy things. And, you know, when I look at this scripture, and now that I'm a parent myself, God is telling me three things. Ask, seek, and knock. You know, have you ever lost your child in a busy place? If you've ever been wondering where your son or daughter is, let me tell you, you do not care. You're going to ask every single person around you, have you seen my son? Have you seen my daughter? You're going to run after. You're going to go chase after them. You're going to go search for them. And you don't care whose door you're knocking on. You're going to be like, excuse me, have you seen my son or daughter? You're going to do whatever it takes. And God is simply saying, you know what? Come and communicate with me. In any relationship, you know how vital communication is. God is saying, come ask. Come ask me on behalf of your children. Come and ask. Come chase after me. Come search me out. Come and find me. And be bold and specific and knock. Because his promise is right here. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. This, this is a promise that God has given to us. And this is, these are our children. You know, and we, who are we? So we want to pray and pray hard. And when I mention my, my parents, and you know, one thing that I can always, always rely on is that my parents have never stopped praying for me. Even in the toughest moments. And I just give you hope. If you have teenagers or any child, even grown, keep praying for them. Okay, I stand here formally kicked out of our youth. Now overseeing the youth? Now you know there is a God and prayer is powerful. (laughs) Prayer works. And, you know, I would just like to take this time since I'm on stage... I probably deserve a thank you from the church just because I had, you know, my parents had all those years of practice and now they oversee the prayer ministry. (laughs) 
But when I, when I had, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, when, when I had my children and there were tough times and some tough decisions that we had to make, I went to my mom and I said, really, mom, how did you do it? And she just shook her head and she kind of chuckled and she said, well, prayer. And I said, what, but what kind of prayer? You know, I want to know. And she says, well, I had to pray the hardest prayer a mother ever had to pray. And that was, Lord, do whatever it takes to bring her back. And you know what? There's suffering, there's pain, there's heartache involved. But God is always faithful. Always faithful. And we are parents that dream, dream big for our children. I'm sure that my mom did not want me to be a teenage mom. I'm sure she wanted me to graduate from college. But I can tell you right now that where I am and how I serve the Lord you know, that just blows everything else out of the water. And for me, for so long as a child, I would do things just so that I would kind of regain approval. You know, because I really felt like I was a big disappointment. And so that's the reason why I started to live my, my second life through my children. I started to push and, and try to shape them in the way I wanted them to go. Because I lacked it. You know, I didn't, I felt like I just didn't follow through. So you're going to follow through. You do not have a choice. This is what you're going to do. But, uh, but fortunately, my parents were still praying and praise the Lord. They are still praying for me because I have teenagers now. <laughs> you know, the, the hardest thing about being in youth is not teenage girls that know it all or have bad attitudes or teenage boys for that matter. It's, it's coming into contact with parents that don't really understand the kind of influence they have on their children, good or bad. You ha- we have such a powerful position to be raising children and the influence that we have on their lives to direct them to God, to pray for them, be on our knees for them. We want the best for them, then we should be asking and we should be seeking after and being bold and following and doing what God has asked us to do. Uh, Psalms 139.14 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. I love that scripture. Verse 17 says, How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God. You know what this tells me? That I can trust God. He knows way more than I do. And he loves my children more than I could ever imagine. Because my thoughts towards my kids aren't always that good. (laughs) And God's thoughts towards them. And marvelous are his works. And they are fearfully and wonderfully made. So I can trust my God. You know... About a couple of years ago, my son, now, mind you, Isaiah was, everything was baseball. Baseball, baseball, baseball. And he tried out for the high school baseball team. And he looked so handsome. He had all the right gear, a really expensive glove. He even had the last name to, you know, back him up. It was like a done deal. We're like, who needs tryouts? You're a baseball player. They don't, come on. They should just, they should be coming to us for you. Okay? 
So he tries out, and several weeks go by, and I get this phone call, and it's my son. And he's asking me, he's like, Mom, can you come pick me up? And I'm like, what's the matter? You know, all of a sudden, the protective, you know what I mean? Like, what? Who's, what? Somebody did something. Oh, that's it. That is it. Right? You start getting all nuts. <laughs> I felt like Heidi for a little while. And so he's, he's crying and he's like, mom, just, just come pick me up. And so I call my husband. I said, we need to go down there. See, sometimes being a mom, it's okay for me to get all crazy. But I was like, holy, make sure you are a godly man when you get there. We make sure people know who we are. Okay. So make sure he's like, what? You know, so he's going down there and he, he approaches the coaches and, and I'm like, oh Lord. And Isaiah just comes running towards me and he's, he's crying and so we go home and I'm trying to comfort him. I said, it's okay. There's always next year. And I'm thinking we're going to get you in the clinics. Like what went wrong? I need to go sit down with these coaches. Cause do they really know how to coach? Like, what are they looking for? <laughs> right. And I'm going, I'm going crazy. And he's sitting there. He's like, mom, stop, just stop. And I'm like, Isaiah, we do not, I do not raise quitters. You understand me? You do not have a choice to quit. He goes, mom, I just don't want to do it. I said, there's always next year. We're, we're going to try hard. He goes, mom, I don't want to play baseball. <gasps> what? <laughs> wait, wait. What? And he said, I don't, I never wanted to play baseball. Wait, what? <laughs> and now I'm starting to feel my heart break. It was literally breaking because I had my whole life was wrapped up with this idea, okay? And I, and I said, Isaiah, just because you got cut, and I started to do the Michael Jordan speech, which I do often with my kids. I said, you know what? He got cut. He got cut, and look at him now, okay? All those people that cut him wish that they had coached him, but you know what? No, it's okay. And he's like, Mom, stop. And he was serious this time. It was like the fifth time he told me to stop. I finally heard. And I said, all right, Isaiah, well, what is it that you want to do? And he said, well, I was thinking football. What? We are not a football family. I, do, I know nothing about football. I am not anti-Heidi. I do not know football. I mean, yes, I win my team wins every year at the Super Bowl, but that's only because I choose a team during halftime, okay? <laughs> that's all I know. And when he told me that, I was like, oh, man, did I feel like an idiot. Like, really, I was like, did I really miss this? What is wrong with me? And, you know, I had to be okay. And I said, okay, so you never played football before. Do you know what you're doing? He's like, I'll learn. I just want to do it. I just want to try. And, you know, it was in that moment that I realized, and this is our, our last step. And this was hard for me because I love my baby so much. Was I had to learn to let him go. See, we parents, we hold on to them too tightly. We don't trust God enough. We don't trust maybe ourselves in raising them. You know what I'm saying? 
had to learn to let them go. And that was the hardest thing for me. And I had to be okay. See, I want to direct them to God. I do. And that's going to start with me. And that will never change. That will never change. I am sure that I have made mistakes with my children. But I also know that my God created them. My God has many thoughts towards them greater than I could ever imagine. Will they make mistakes? Absolutely. We do. We still do. And I encourage you because we need to be praying for our children. We need to be praying for them. And I have to be able to instill in them the way that I think, not the way I think I want them to go, but the way God wants them to go. You know? So, <laughs> my son Isaiah will be turning 17 in just a few days on Monday. He stands nearly 6'6", 295 pounds. I know, right? I still can tap him out just to let you know. <laughs> Trust me. He's determined to play football for the Oregon Ducks. I know. And his dream is to one day own his own restaurant here in Hilo. And he really wants diners, drive throughs and dives to come here to his restaurant. <laughs> I will continue to direct my children to Jesus. I will never stop praying for my kids. And I will let them go so that God can release his dreams in them, not mine. His purpose, not mine. So in conclusion, let us be mothers who can dream for our children while allowing God to release his in, him, in them. Amen? Amen? Thank you very much and God bless.